Well, good morning, Westridge. I'm grateful that even in these days where we are sheltering in place because of the coronavirus, that we're still able to come together as a church. And I want to take a moment as we begin this morning just to say thank you. Thank you to you for adapting to this way of gathering. And we know that we had over 800 views of this on YouTube last week, not counting the podcasts and other places it was seen. So we know that a number of you were, were viewing the service, worshiping alone or with your family or your significant other. We also know that there are a number of you who are coming to for the first time to Westridge in this virtual environment. So we're grateful that you found us, that you were took your friend's invitation or you just found us on the web and we're grateful you're with us and we look forward to meeting you in person somewhere down the road. I also want to say thank you to you as a church for your generosity. It has been amazing to me uh, to just see the offerings that have been given each and every week as we've been in this struggle. And I appreciate, as does the leadership team, your faithfulness to the church in that time. And because of your generosity, ministry is still happening in a significant way at Westridge. We know that our Westridge kids are meeting not just on Sunday mornings at 10 via the Facebook page, but they're also meeting throughout the week. And the, the people who work in Westridge Kids are uh, working hard to make sure that our kids are still growing in their relationship with God and with the adults who lead them. Our student ministry is still meeting on Sunday mornings with middle schoolers, uh, Monday night with high schoolers, and they're doing that via Zoom and doing their small group times there in Zoom and growing in their relationship. We even have adult small groups who have figured this whole thing out and are meeting on Zoom as well. And I'm grateful that they're doing that. They're staying connected. They're caring for each other. And they're taking a deep dive into God's word as well and figuring out how to grow. And if you would love to be a part of one of those groups to have some good conversation and experience some, and experience some growth in your faith, would encourage you just to check out how to do that either on the app or on the website or just email me and we'll help you get connected because we're starting new groups even in the middle of this shelter in place. And I also want to say thank you to one very specific group, and that's the 100 Who Care. We started that uh, project last fall with a specific desire to help families in our church at Westridge who, for various reasons, had fallen on hard times. We had no way of knowing what was going to happen in the new year, five months after we started uh, that particular endeavor. But because you've been faithful in giving to that, those of you who are a part of it, uh, we were able to help four families this week, four families who were immediately affected by the pandemic, by the shutdown in the economy, and they were in very difficult places. And so I can tell you that your gifts have been used in an amazing way to bless and help families. And we always make sure to tell them that it's from this group who deeply cares about them, about their family, and about their walk with God. So thank you for that as well. You know, for the last two weeks, uh, Connie and I have been sheltering in place. We've been under a kind of a quarantine of our own. Now, we've not come in contact with anyone with the coronavirus, as far as we know. We've not uh, been tested and found to have the coronavirus. That's not, we're, not why we're self-quarantining. We actually have a very good reason, and it's because on or before April 16th, our granddaughter will be born, and we are very excited about meeting her. Uh, and being with her. And so we're being very careful about our interaction with others because we want to stay healthy and safe. But I have to be honest with you, as I started to do the shelter in place, it was a little frustrating to me that my choices were so limited, my activities were so limited. And all I could see in the first week of this was really what I couldn't do and what I couldn't have. 
But I've been grateful over this past week, the second week that we've been sheltering like this, been in quarantine. I've been grateful over this past week that God's turned my thoughts to what I can do. He's turned my attitude towards the freedoms that I do still have. And I've begun to see what's happening in our schedules and in our lives as really an opportunity for each one of us. For me, I've started to think about the things that I could do now that I never had the time for before because my schedule's kind of opened up, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, there's not much going on in the evenings. There's not much going on, you know, Saturday or Sunday. So I have uh, picked up some projects that I used to want to do, that I planned to do, and that I never got around to. And this is one of them. I didn't make this. Um, and I don't even know if you know what this is, but this is a tagine. Uh, it is uh, a device that's been used for cooking for centuries in the northern part of Africa. And I specifically got this because I wanted to use it uh, to cook some Moroccan cuisine. I've never been to Morocco, but the food looks incredibly tasty. And the recipes I've seen, I enjoyed. So I thought I would get this. And I did about four years ago. And in the last four years, I haven't really used it ever because I haven't had the time to get it ready to be used. It takes about a 24-hour process when you buy it from a store to actually get it moisturized and cured out and, and, and ready to cook food. And I just haven't had a 24-hour string where I wanted to dedicate the time to that. Last weekend, I did. And so I've got it all ready to go and I'm planning on cooking on it tomorrow just to see what the food is like and experiencing something new. I'm grateful that I'm able to do that in this time. You know, um, with schools closing, with restaurants doing basically curbside pickup, if that, uh, with a myriad of closings that have happened in our lives, I think for most of us, we've had some space open up. Space where uh, we now have time in our calendars that we didn't have before. We have some margin. And in many respects, we get a chance to recalibrate what it is that really matters to us in this life. What are the priority things in our life that we want to do when life starts to return to what we used to know as normal? I have to believe that for you, you've been having those discussions. You've been having those thoughts in your head. And as I've been thinking through those things this week, it was a passage of scripture that just kept coming to mind for me. And it's in Matthew chapter 11, and I love it out of the message translation, where um, Eugene Peterson tells Jesus' words in this way. He has Jesus teaching in front of a large crowd. Then Jesus says to them, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on the gospel, on religion, he says? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And he says, I promise you, I won't lay anything on you that's heavy or ill-fitting. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live life freely and lightly. Jesus offers an invitation here to anyone who is stressed, anyone who's tired, anyone who's burned out. He says, if that describes you, come to me. He offers that to people who've lost their job almost instantly when the economy took a downturn 
and you look at the horizon now and you see that there aren't a whole lot of prospects for employment, Jesus says, if that's you, come to me. He looks at the people who didn't lose their job but are now having to work 16 to 18 hour days to cover the, for the people who are not there, to cover the needs that are still there in our cities and in our communities. He says, if you're tired and stressed because of that, come to me. He sees the parents who are struggling with e-learning and the technology and the questions and sometimes just the attitudes that adults and kids have in stressful times. He says, if you're worn out by that, come to me. And he says to seniors who are watching their last years of high school slip through their fingers as they're socially distancing, he says, if that frustrates you, if that saddens you, come to me. Are you worn out? You tired? You got any stress? I think that pretty well describes all of us in this environment right now. And Jesus offers a very simple invitation to us. Come be with me. In those blocks of time that have opened up in your calendar, in your life, in the margins that you have now, Jesus says, come spend time with me and I'll teach you how to rest. You know, Jesus, often as we look through the Gospels, Jesus would sneak away by himself. He'd send the disciples off. He'd send the people off. He'd stay away from his family and he would just go to a solitary place up into the mountains or into an olive grove. And he would spend time connecting deeply with God, his father. And he carved out the time to be alone with God because he knew it was what would restore him. It was what would give him strength and joy in the things that would come in his day. And eventually it would be the thing that would give him the strength to be able to face the toughest days of his life. I think there's a temptation for us sometimes to look at Jesus taking those times and imagine it was easier for him because life was simpler then. I mean, we kind of wonder how busy could life have been in the first century, right? The reality is that Jesus faced tremendous pressures every single day with his ministry. He, without email, without text, without any conferencing at all, he was constantly overwhelmed with crowds of people who wanted to come to him and get close to him for his teaching. People who wanted to come together with him and be healed and because of all of those pressures on his life, Jesus made it a priority to carve space in his life where he could go be alone with God, spend unhurried chunks of time with God. In Mark chapter one, Mark describes one of those times and just how difficult it was for Jesus because of the pressures put on him. Mark writes, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That's a part of those consistent times for Jesus. This was one of those. Very early in the morning, he went out and he spent time alone with God. But here's what happened. Here's where the pressure came in. As soon as his disciples woke up and realized he was gone, they searched frantically for him. Simon Peter and his companions, the rest of the disciples, uh, went to look for Jesus. And when they found him, they exclaimed, hey, Everybody's looking for you. They, they 
basically chided the Son of God. They said, look, people have gathered. They want to be taught. They want to be healed. And you're out here by yourself? What are you doing? What are you thinking? I hear a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of shoulds in that, what they said to Jesus. And Jesus wouldn't have any of it. In fact, he knew that it was these times alone with God that gave him the strength to teach. It gave him the strength and the direction of where to heal. And it actually gave him the direction on where he was to go and do those things next. You know, if you'll take these discretionary moments that have been freed up in your calendar, if you'll just carve out some time to be alone with God, to spend time with God, I promise you that everything in your life that's pressing you will still be there. You know, you're going to carve out this time, maybe at the start of your day. And all those emails that are stacked up in your inbox, all those text messages that are coming in, they're still going to be there. But here's what's different if you'll do that. It'll put your heart in a different place to face the challenges of the day. I know it does for me. And you'll actually be a better person, more attentive, more filled with the unhurried rhythms of grace as you deal with the tough stuff and the joyful stuff that comes along in your day. So start small would be my suggestion. If you want to get away with God and practice the spending time alone with God to be deeper in a relationship with him, to invest on hurried chunks of time, start small. You'll hear Lance and Darren and I say this often. It's the best thing that you could do for the growth of your relationship with God. Spend time alone with God, maybe just 15 minutes at the start of your day to begin with. Write it in your calendar if that helps. Consider it an appointment that you've made with God. When that time comes, find a comfortable place to sit. Grab your Bible, grab a notebook if that's helpful for you to jot down stray thoughts or what God has said to you in that passage. And when you've read for a few minutes, then just begin to pray. Talk to God. Tell him about your fears right now. Tell him about your hopes and dreams. Tell him about what's troubling you. Walk through what's happening in your day as far as you know it with him and ask him to be present with you and guide you in every single moment. Now, I recognize fully that for some of you, this is a well-ingrained habit in your life already. You know, this is, this is something you've done for years, but I know that there are many of us for whom this is a new thing. We've tried before, we just haven't been able to be consistent, or maybe you've never tried to pick up the Bible and read it and spend time with God. We have an opportunity to do that now that we've never had before for some of us with our time schedules. And so if you need a place to begin, if you want a community to begin that time alone with God with, I would encourage you, join me. I have a a group, there's about 80 of us who this week have been going through a devotion uh, together. We're doing it in the YouVersion Bible app. You can find it for for your phones, for your tablets, for your computers, in any platform. You can join us in that. All you have to do is go into YouVersion and Uh, friend me from your account. And if that means absolutely nothing to you about how to do that, then just shoot me a text or an email and I'll help you figure it out. Come join us. We've got room for 150 people in each one of these devotions that we're going through. And I'd love for you to be a part of that just to begin to carve out some time daily to be alone with God. The invitation of Jesus 
is to come and spend time with him, to spend time alone with him. And there's a promise that he makes as well to those who would accept that invitation. Jesus says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Matthew 11, verse 30. You know, there were huge demands on Jesus in his life. Everywhere he went, everywhere he slept, everywhere he walked, people wanted to press up against him, hear him teach and be healed by him. Some wanted their sight restored. Others wanted to be able to speak and hear again. These are major miracles in their lives. Some wanted the ability to walk, though they'd never had it in their life. Some wanted to be cured of leprosy. So for them, if they had leprosy in their day, it meant that social distancing was part of the rest of their life. They couldn't be near family or friends ever again. And they wanted to be clean. They wanted to have community and proximity and and to feel the warmth of a hug again. They came to Jesus wanting to be cured. And that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of expectations on Jesus just as he walks into a crowd for the first time to know that those people are present and needing his touch and needing his healing. Here's the crazy thing. I read about all of those situations. I read about the times that Jesus was teaching and someone interrupted to heal him. I read about the times that he was traveling and someone interrupted him. And I never see Jesus hurried. I never see Jesus stressed out in those times. Been reading since before this whole thing started, but I started a book uh, at the first of the year uh, by John Mark Cromer. And the title of the book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I love what he says about Jesus' life. He writes, can you imagine a stressed out Jesus? It just makes me laugh thinking about it. Can you imagine Jesus snapping at Mary Magdalene after a long day? Just snapping at her and saying, I can't believe you dropped the hummus. Then he sighs deeply and says to himself, seriously, I need a glass of wine. Can you imagine Jesus doing that? Can you picture Jesus half talking to you, half texting on his phone? And the sporadic, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, punctuating his conversation with you. Or could you imagine Jesus saying to someone, hey, I would love to heal you. I'd love to hear your story, but I got to catch on a plane. I got to get on a plane. I'm supposed to speak in Los Angeles at a TEDx event tomorrow, and I really have to go. Half the stories about Jesus' life, half the stories about Jesus' life in the Gospels involve him being interrupted by someone as he was on his way to do something else. And yet, Jesus never comes off as agitated, aggravated, or annoyed. That's a great depiction of Jesus' life. It's a great depiction of the life that he invites us into, where we live freely and lightly, where our lives are governed by the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, we don't get there instantly just because we have a quiet time today or tomorrow. We don't get there this week, but we can start growing. We can begin now to spend that time with Jesus. And then over time, as we learn from him, as we learn to adopt his lifestyle, his ways that he treated people with respect and dignity, it begins to impact the routines that make up our life day after day. 
It begins to impact our relationships. It begins to impact how we manage our time, our money, our attention. And over time, we will realize what it means to truly live freely, to live lightly with the unforced rhythms of grace. So I want to close our time this morning by just giving you a couple of questions to think about, to talk about maybe with your family or some friends, your kids. But I'd really like you to seriously consider taking these steps, answering these questions for yourself. First question is this, where in your calendar, where in this week, could you carve out some time to connect deeply with God? Where could you find time to sit down for 15 minutes and read the Bible and pray? And I'm going to challenge you to figure that out today, this morning. I'm going to challenge you to write those into your calendar and plan for those this week. Second question. If you find somebody to talk with, I want you to just talk through these two things. What's been difficult about this crisis for you? And during this crisis, what good have you seen? I think those two questions are good for a lengthy conversation. Shut off all your screens, lay your phone aside, turn off the notifications, be fully present with the person you're talking with and dig deep into those two questions. And then third, where in your life do you sense a need this morning that you would like God to help you live freely and lightly? and with the unforced rhythms of grace. All too soon, our world is going to go back to busyness, and you're going to lose these moments to recalibrate life. And so I encourage you to ask these questions, work through these questions this week, and make some lasting changes that will survive the restart of your business, that will survive the restart of the economy and schools and all that we know that will come at some point in the coming weeks. I want us to pray a passage of scripture together as we close this morning. Would you bow your head? I'm just going to read this to us as a prayer, and then I'll pray after it. Since this is the kind of life we've chosen, Paul writes in Galatians 5, since this is the kind of life that we've chosen, the life of the Spirit, let's make sure we don't just hold on to it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. God, would you just give us wisdom and strength as we work out the implications of our faith in our everyday life. God, today, help us to remember that we need you as we go through the challenges of these days. We've always needed you, God. We just feel it more profoundly today than we did a month ago or a year ago. So God, walk with us. Give us an extra dose of your love and your hope and your joy because we need it. And remind us of your promises and help our families scattered all over the world. Help our friends. Heal our nation. Heal our world. Lord, we love you. And we're grateful you walk with us. And we are grateful for this invitation invitation to walk with you. In Christ's name, amen.